1: Listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Your stomach growls. The urge is irresistible. Your hunger controls you.
2: You eat anything you get your hands on cats, puppies, rocks, forks, human flesh. Your capacity for consumption becomes so notable, the government seeks to use you for military espionage. All your life
1: you have known this hunger, and every day you wonder, is this a blessing or a curse? This was the experience of an 18th century French glutton known only as Terrar. His story is found in a small chapter of a surgeon's memoir, Memoir About Polyphagia. In three short pages, the surgeon details the grotesque life of a man whose appetite drove him to eat the unthinkable. His life's tale was so short and so remarkable, it forces us to ask, was he a man or a myth?
2: In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this podcast, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every week, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth.
1: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries from the ParCast Network. I'm your host, Richard.
2: And I'm your host, Molly. You can listen to previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts. A new episode comes out every Thursday, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast, on Twitter at Parcast Network and at Parcast.com.
1: Some of you have been asking us how you can help support the show. Well, if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening.
2: This is our first episode on Tarar, the eating machine of France, and his life as a showman, soldier, and spy.
1: The mononym Terrar sounds like the stage name of an actor or performer, like Cher or Madonna. However, while Terrar was a performer, his life was a far cry from the glamorous lives of modern-day celebrities.
2: Public awareness of Terrar's story first originated from the medical memoirs of an 18th-century French surgeon, Pierre-Francois Percy. This brief biography on Terrar made its way onto the pages of Curiosities of Medical Experience in 1804 and appeared again in the 1819 edition of the London Medical and Physical Journal. Dr.
1: Percy was Terrar's primary physician. It's through the doctor's personal
2: accounts that we are able to form an idea of what Terrar was like. Terrar is described as small and slender. Despite his ceaseless eating, he remained slender throughout his life. At 17 years old, he only weighed 100 pounds.
1: He looked weak and sickly, with wispy blonde hair and sallow cheeks. His mouth was huge with thin lips. He had yellow-streaked teeth and molars that had been worn away from such frequent use. His jaw, four inches wide, opened to a gaping esophagus, unlike anything people had seen before. What kind of condition could Terar have had that would have caused this? Was he truly one of a kind? Or were other people from history similarly cursed with this hunger?
2: Next week, we'll explore theories including diabetes, hyperthyroidism, and traumatic brain injury. But first, we need to dive into the reports about Terar. When Tarar's stomach was empty the skin around his belly could be stretched around his waist. When he was full, his stomach distended out like a large inflated balloon, perfect for a child's birthday party.
1: Percy described Tarar's horrible intestinal issues, frequent belching, and ceaseless flatulence. It was said that a hot vapor radiated from his body, and he was constantly drenched in sweat. Tarar's stench was so strong, it was reported his presence, quote, could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces, end quote.
2: Dr. Percy's descriptions gives us reason to think this man's name was not really Terrar. It was likely a nickname, rumored to come from the French phrase for explosions or passing gas, Bomb-Bomb Terrar.
1: I wonder if he enjoyed that nickname.
2: Well, he may not have thought about it much.
1: Despite his bizarre physical appearance and attributes, Tarar's personality was relatively bland. He was devoid of thought and unmotivated outside of his ceaseless hunger.
2: Many speculate that Dr. Percy exaggerated his descriptions of Tarar. Dr. Percy was in his 50s while he was writing about Tarar, practically his twilight years by 1700 standards. It's possible that the doctor's memories were clouded in his old age. Still, Tarar's story is truly fascinating.
1: Every explanation for Tarar's appetite is purely based in speculation. Because Tarar died over 200 years ago, even modern medical science can never fully explain what caused his condition.
2: Much of Tarar's life story is also missing from the historical records. We don't know much about his personal life or even his real name. We don't even know where he might have been buried. With most of his life shrouded in mystery, we can only tell a small portion of his life story. Terrar was born in Lyon,
1: France, in the year seventeen seventy-two. His childhood was normal for the time, apart from his incredible appetite.
2: Modern theorists speculate that Terrar's appetite could have been caused by some form of brain trauma early in his life. Certain kinds of traumatic brain injuries can increase a person's appetite, so it's possible that this was the case for Tarar, although we have no way of proving or disproving this theory.
1: Whatever caused Tarar's voraciousness, we do know that by the time Tarar was 17, he could devour a quarter
2: of a cow in a single day. On average, that's over 100 pounds of meat. Terar’s appetite was financially unsustainable for the peasantry at the time, and his parents kicked him out while he was a preteen. That must have been an awkward conversation. With no money to feed himself, Terar took to begging for food. He ate whatever scraps people gave him, but that was never enough to satisfy him. He started foraging for anything that was edible, and he soon developed a taste for any stray animal that wandered his way.
1: He befriended stray cats and dogs, keeping them around as pets, until it was time to consume them. He loved the taste of snakes and even went so far as to chew on their long, spiny bones. Sometimes he would even capture a snake and swallow it whole, feeling it wriggle down his throat
2: to its unpleasant demise. As he wandered the French countryside, he made a meager living traveling with thieves and sex workers. He would entertain his traveling companions by eating any strange item they would give him, like pebbles, wood chips, or coins.
1: Terar saw his traveling companions grow fascinated with his abilities, and he realized he might be able to monetize his hunger. A traveling sideshow passed by him on the road, and he demonstrated his ingestive prowess to prove his worth.
2: The street performers were so impressed by Tarar's strange talents that they made him the show's opener. Still a teenager, Tarar traveled with the performers from Lyon to Paris. Tarar thrived on the streets of Paris. He displayed the size of his gaping mouth and boasted that he could consume anything be it animal, vegetable, or even mineral. He challenged the public to supply something he could not
1: eat. Eager to watch his massive gullet at work, the public presented him with a basket full of apples.
2: Undaunted, Tarar grabbed an apple and put the entire thing in his mouth. The public was already impressed, but the show was far from over. Tarar grabbed another apple, and another.
1: His cheeks bulged out from the sides of his face, but he didn't stop until he had
2: pocketed 12 apples in each cheek, 24 apples total. The crowd was shocked by the size of Tarar's mouth, and they were stunned when he began to swallow. Like the snakes that Tarar loved to dine on, he unhinged his jaw, and his esophagus stretched as he swallowed 24 apples all at once.
1: The audience was blown away, and they couldn't wait to see more. They tested him with all manner of things, bringing him everything from corks, flints, pebbles anything they could get their hands on. Tarar would eat everything they brought, and when the audience was finally satisfied, he would let out a long, disgusting belch. His belly protruded out like a balloon, and his eyes glazed over. Think of him as an extreme version of the average person on Thanksgiving.
2: After every show, Tarar suffered from frequent gas and terrible diarrhea for hours at a time. For the most part, he accepted this as a fact of life, the inevitable consequence of his voracious appetite. In
1: 1788, when Tarar was 16 years old, he found himself in exceptional pain after a particularly long show. He sought help at the hospital Hotel du de Paris. Head surgeon Monsieur Giraud diagnosed
2: Tarar with an intestinal obstruction. Terrar was prescribed a powerful laxative. It took a few hours, but you can imagine what eventually happened.
1: While he was recovering, Terrar began to joke with Monsieur Giraud. He told Giraud he was willing to demonstrate his street act by swallowing his gold watch
2: and chain. Giraud was less than enthused and responded very curtly that if Terrar dared swallow it, he would happily slice him open with a sword to get it back.
1: Needless to say, Terrar did not swallow the surgeon's watch, and he was released from the hospital with a clean bill of health. Terrar returned to performing on the streets of Paris, gaining a moderate level of fame. All the while, revolutions swelled in the streets of Paris.
2: Paris was in the throes of a violent, radical shift from a monarchy to a republic.
1: King Louis XVI of France inherited the throne at a time of instability in 1775. Louis was inexperienced in politics and isolated from the common man in his lavish Versailles palace. He and his queen, the famed Marie Antoinette, spent exorbitant sums of money in a time of severe financial and economic crisis. Famine and taxation drove the French people to great anger.
2: Inspired by the American Revolution, the people believed it was time to change the face of French governance forever.
1: With the coming conflict, Terrar's life would also be forever changed.
2: Up next, we'll see how Terrar survived the French Revolution.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be.
2: The French Revolution began in earnest on July 14, 1789, with the famed Storming of the Bastille. The Bastille was a fortress, prison, and armory, and French revolutionaries tore apart the structure brick by brick, arming themselves to tear down their entire government. Terrar very likely witnessed the uprising firsthand, but we'll never know if he took part.
1: The revolution lasted three years. King Louis XVI and Queen Marie Antoinette were forced to sign a new constitution on September 22, 1792, forming the French First Republic. The king and queen were summarily executed by guillotine to ensure the republic's continued survival.
2: The new French constitution stated a separation of powers and was intended to turn the monarchy into equalized branches of government— limit the powers of government, and retain the rights of French citizens to liberty, equality, and fraternity. The initial constitution would fail, as France would continue to writhe in political turmoil for years to come.
1: France's instability looked like a prime opportunity for foreign nations to attack a weakened France, and in 1792, the War of the First Coalition broke out between France and several other nations, including the Austrian Empire and Prussia. The French army grew desperate for recruits to stem the tide of foreign aggression.
2: Terrar joined the army shortly after the war started. Perhaps he was caught up in the brotherhood of French patriotism. More likely, he was lured by the promise of guaranteed rations. However, Terrar never
1: saw any combat during his time in the army.
2: His time in the army was spent doing small jobs for his fellow soldiers in exchange for their rations, but he soon fell sick due to extreme hunger. Healthy
1: or not, Tarar was accustomed to consuming large quantities of food as part of his street act. The meager rations of a struggling army could not sustain his monstrous appetite. He was often found digging through the garbage, hunting for scraps.
2: Burned out, hungry, and devoid of energy, Terrar was sent to the military hospital in souds au where he was diagnosed with exhaustion. It was at this hospital that Terrar would meet Dr. Percy, his friend and future biographer.
1: Dr. Pierre-Francois Percy was a renowned military surgeon. After studying medicine, He joined the army, where he created a core mobile surgery unit that would carry nursing staff and medical equipment to the wounded on the battlefield. Arguably, you could say he invented the first ambulance.
2: Dr. Percy was also the first doctor to provide medical care, regardless of the soldier's country of origin, planting the seeds for organizations like the Red Cross. He was a brilliant surgeon, known as a father of military medicine and was awarded high honors from Napoleon himself. His reputation was spotless.
1: In addition to Dr. Percy, Terrar would meet Dr. Courville, another doctor who would experiment on him. Dr. Percy does not provide a first name for Dr. Courville in his memoirs, so there is no way to track down this second medical eyewitness account to Terrar's incredible feats of consumption.
2: Dr. Corville and Dr. Percy put Terrar on four times the normal daily rations to try and revive him from his exhaustion, but it wasn't enough. Tarar was found scavenging for additional sustenance in the hospital's trash piles after eating his quadruple rations.
1: Maybe he just really liked trash? Well, either way, the hospital staff grew used to restraining him in order to stop him from looking through the hospital trash bins and gutters. He ate whatever food was left over from other patients, sometimes growing so desperate he would sneak into the apothecary and eat the poultices.
2: Tarar even ate a live cat in front of one of the hospital chief surgeons, Dr. Lawrence. He tore open the kitty's belly and slurped up its blood, then picked the flesh off its body, leaving nothing but a skeleton behind. Roughly a half hour after eating, Tarar hacked up the remains of the fur similar to an owl's pellet.
1: If that wasn't enough, Tarar was presented with a live eel which he swallowed whole, but not before crushing its head between his teeth.
2: Dr. Percy writes, quote, All the domestic and wild animals, the most filthy and ravenous, are capable of devouring, and form some idea of the appetite, as well as the wants, of Terrar.
1: Terrar's hunger could not be sated. Dr. Percy, Dr. Corville, and Dr. Lawrence decided to test the limits of his consumption.
2: Dr. Lawrence set out a large dinner, enough to feed 15 German workmen. The dinner was comprised of four bowls of curdled milk and two enormous hard puddings— It was a common dish for a regular citizen of the 18th century, and in today's world, it's the equivalent of cottage cheese and a bread-based hard cake. Tarar devoured it all. Shortly after Tarar
1: consumed the massive feast, the doctors observed that his usually limp stomach flab was now a distended, inflated gut.
2: Finally full, Tarar crawled back into his bed and slept until the next day. Terar
1: exhibited binge-eating behavior unlike anything witnessed before. More amazing was the fact that he was able to repeatedly gorge without ever gaining a pound.
2: While we don't know exactly why Tarar was able to eat as much as he did, there are several theories that explore how Tarar's appetite could be so endless.
1: Tarar had a documented medical condition called polyphagia, or excessive hunger,
2: Polyphagia is a symptom of larger medical issues and includes people who suffer from hyperthyroidism, brain damage, and prader willi syndrome. prader willi syndrome is a genetic condition that affects multiple parts of the body. People with prader willi syndrome are often short in stature, with weak muscle tone, and they suffer intellectual impairment.
1: They are often characterized with fair skin and light-colored hair. People with Prader-Willi syndrome are always obese. Terrar had fair skin and light hair, but as we've said before, he was notably a
2: slender man. Knowing what we know about the French economy, nutrition was not easy to come by. Terrar often scavenged for food and ate things that were not meant to be eaten. He could potentially have undiagnosed Prader-Willi syndrome, but that's only one of the many possibilities that could explain his unbelievable feats. Hyperthyroidism could also be the cause of Tarar’s extreme hunger.
1: Unlike Prader-Willi, hyperthyroidism matches more physiological characteristics of Tarar.
2: Hyperthyroidism is a condition with a wide range of symptoms, making it complex to diagnose. This condition exists when a person's thyroid gland produces too much thyroxine hormone and results in an accelerated metabolism. Symptoms include sudden weight loss, increased appetite, sweating, changes in bowel movements, sensitivity to heat, fatigue, thinning skin, and fine, brittle hair.
1: While this sounds a lot like Tarar's case, other symptoms of hyperthyroidism do not match, like eye problems or mood changes or anxiety and irritability.
2: Terrar's condition was too imprecise to diagnose, so Doctor Percy saw fit to leave Terrar's diagnosis as simply polyphagia.
1: As the months stretched on, the military began to ask when Terrar would return to service. However, Doctor Corville was not yet done testing this medical marvel.
2: Doctor Corville's next experiment tested how well Terrar actually digested food. He speculated that Tarar's digestion was too violent to fully dissolve whatever he ate.
1: Corville managed to convince Terrar to swallow a small box with parchment paper inside, hoping Terrar's digestive tract wouldn't damage the contents. If the parchment survived, this mindless eating machine might have some use after all. Corville's hunch was correct. After two days of waiting, terrar emerged from the latrine with the box fully intact and the document legible and in good condition.
2: Corville was ecstatic, happier than any person had ever been while looking at, you know. He went to see the army commander, General Beauharnais, to discuss a plan that might help the French military.
1: General Alexandre de Beauharnais was a political figure and general in the French Revolutionary Wars. He was named General-in-Chief of the Army of the Rhine in 1793 and played a vital role in the ongoing battles around French borders at the time.
2: Corville told General Beauharnais about Terrar's wooden box experiment. Beauharnais was intrigued, and he called for Terrar to redo the experiment in front of several high-ranking officers of the French army.
1: Terrar loved the attention and willfully swallowed the box again. The officers were impressed with Tarar, and they thanked him with a wheelbarrow full of 30 pounds of raw bull liver and lungs.
2: It seems weird that they would have that just lying around.
1: I'm sure the other soldiers were just so happy to see Tarar be rewarded with so much food.
2: Tarar chowed down, and the officers watched in disgust as flecks of raw flesh splattered out of his maw.
1: This gave the general pause. The gluttonous display implied that Tarar would be unable to turn down a bribe of food, and Tarar himself displayed little interest in a career in espionage. Actually, he displayed little interest in a career in anything except eating.
2: The general felt that Tarar might be untrustworthy, but he decided to put the unusual, large-mouthed man to work regardless.
1: At some point in his early 20s, Terrar was fully titled as a spy of the Army of the Rhine. His first mission was to deliver a secret, extremely important letter to a colonel imprisoned by the Prussians.
2: Terrar's task was to repeat the wooden box experiment with much higher stakes. He would sneak into enemy lines, infiltrate their prison camp, and find the imprisoned colonel.
1: Once he found the colonel, Terrar would void the box and pass on its contents. The colonel would write his reply, place it in the box, and have Terrar consume it once more to carry it back safely to the general.
2: The general wrote out his note, placed it in the box, and sent Terrar on his first mission. He was to find the colonel in Neustadt, a town 310 miles away from Paris. Terrar disguised himself as a peasant and went on his way. Terrar fed himself like he did when he was a child, eating stray animals and other wildlife that he could get his hands on. However, this proved to not be enough. Terrar had grown accustomed to eating limitless amounts of food in the name of science. His resolve was already beginning to weaken.
1: Yet he continued. He made it all the way to the Prussian border, and in the dead of night, he crossed enemy lines. He traveled quickly by night, sleeping during the day. For several days, he successfully avoided conflict until he hit a single snag in his plan.
2: One of the locals tried to talk to him in German.
1: Tarar ignored the local, but it became painfully evident that he simply couldn't speak German. The local quickly turned Tarar over to the Prussian military.
2: Terrar had actually managed to make it past halfway to his intended destination before he was captured.
1: Once captured, the Prussians were determined to learn what his secret mission was. They strip-searched him and flogged him. They wanted him to talk. Perhaps surprising to everyone involved, Terrar refused to confess.
2: The Prussians turned Terrar over to the commander of the Prussian army, General Zogli,
1: Zogli was a fearsome man, known as a skilled interrogator. He escalated his tactics from flogging to outright torture.
2: Within 24 hours of Zogli's involvement, Tarar broke down and confessed. He told Zogli everything about his mission and the secret box.
1: Zogli was perplexed by Tarar's story. It was so outlandish that Zogli wasn't convinced that such a thing was possible.
2: Terar assured him that it was, and he could prove it if Zogli was simply willing to wait. Zogli chained Tarar to an
1: outhouse, and everybody waited to see what would happen. After 30 hours, Tarar passed the box.
2: In some stories, Tarar was so dedicated to his mission, he managed to eat the box from his own excrement before the Prussians saw it. This additional detail might add just a touch of heroism to Terrar's tale, unless you consider the more likely possibility that he was just so hungry by this point that he was willing to eat, well, anything. Regardless, eventually the box was taken by the Prussian General Zogli. The French General Beauharnais deliberately did not tell Terar what note he was carrying. Beauharnais had little faith in Tarar's ability to control his hunger. And Beauharnais was worried Terrar would easily be persuaded to reveal military secrets. In the end, he was right.
1: In place of a real message of military intelligence, the general wrote a simple message asking the colonel to respond if he had received the message. It was essentially an intestinal RSVP.
2: Once Zogli read the note, he was so furious that he beat Terrar and almost hanged him before finally sending him back to France. Terrar was too pathetic to execute, but also too costly to feed if he'd been kept as a prisoner.
1: Upon his return to France in the 1790s, Terrar decided he was done risking his life. Terrar returned to Dr. Percy for free food and more experiments, but Terrar would soon take experimental behaviors way too far.
2: Terrar's hunger was so great that soon animals weren't enough for him he would become possessed by a hunger for human flesh. Up next, we'll explore Terrar's cannibalism.
1: Now, back to the story.
2: In the mid-1790s, Terrar returned to Paris and immediately went to Dr. Percy.
1: He desperately wanted to be cured of his hunger. He was tired of it ruling his life, and he was tired of the military
2: trying to use him because of it. Dr. Percy was more than willing to continue experimenting. Tarar's appetite had maintained its novelty, and the doctor had actually grown fond of Tarara after all the time they spent together. Dr.
1: Percy set to work with a list of new remedies to try and cure Terrar's appetite.
2: At first, Tarar swallowed different kinds of acids to stop his stomach from digesting too quickly. The theory was that if Dr. Percy could slow down Tarar's digestion, he could slow down Tarar's appetite as well.
1: Dr. Percy didn't specify which acids were used in these methods, but we can speculate from 18th century medical books that salicylic acid or modern-day aspirin was used.
2: Another plausible candidate would be sulfuric acid, a common remedy to fight weight loss symptoms of scurvy. Either way, the acid did not suppress Tarar's appetite for long. Next, Tarar was given small doses of opium in order to reduce his hunger pains. He enjoyed the opium as any normal person would, but it ultimately failed to cure his hunger problems.
1: Next, Dr. Percy fed Tarar tobacco pills. We can speculate Dr. Percy prescribed tobacco pills as a means to dull Tarar's sense of taste and smell.
2: In theory, this would make food less appealing and help Tarar eat less, but the tobacco didn't work either.
1: In one final test, Dr. Percy prescribed a small feast of Levantine soft-boiled eggs. He had read a case report stating that the Middle Eastern eggs were a powerful appetite suppressant. Somewhat out of character, Tarar was not interested in eating copious amounts of eggs to cure his hunger, and Percy doesn't tell us why. In the daylight, Terrar worked with Dr. Percy to find a solution. But at night, Terrar snuck out to feed.
2: Terrar's hunger was getting worse, and he grew more desperate to find things that would satiate him.
1: At night, in the back alleys of Paris, Terrar battled with dogs for scraps in the streets and gutters. He dug through the trash piles behind butcher shops, looking for unused meats and organs. It still wasn't enough. Tarar became so hungry, so desperate, that he started looking at his fellow patients as
2: food. Doctors found him alone in other patients' rooms. While patients were being leached or cut for bloodletting, Tarar stood by the bedside and drank their blood.
1: In the dead of night, Tarar would sneak out of his bedroom to the hospital's morgue. He began eating leftover body parts from the corpses, often feasting on human flesh until morning.
2: The hospital staff grew fearful of Tarar, and many insisted that he should be committed to an asylum. Dr. Percy, however, was still insistent that he could cure Tarar and was determined to treat him for the sake of their friendship.
1: The hospital staff
2: reluctantly
1: kept him around. Tarar soon overstayed his welcome.
2: One morning in 1794, a 14-month-old child disappeared from his hospital bed. There was nowhere the child could have gone and nobody who could have taken him,
1: no one except Tarar.
2: Dr. Percy could not and would not defend Tarar against the accusations of child murder and cannibalism that followed. The hospital staff finally drove Tarar out.
1: Nothing is known about Terrar's life over the next four years. It's assumed that Terrar's abhorrent behavior continued as he wandered the streets of Paris,
2: but there's no way to know for sure. However, four years after Terrar was kicked out of the hospital, in 1798, he found himself hospitalized once again.
1: Dr. Tessier, the chief surgeon at a hospital in Versailles, wrote to Dr. Percy, saying a man named Terrar was asking to see him.
2: Dr. Percy immediately traveled to Versailles. He arrived to discover that Terrar was so sick he could hardly walk. Terrar
1: was convinced that his illness was due to a gold fork lodged somewhere in his body, although his symptoms said otherwise. Dr. Percy recognized that Terrar was in the last stages of tuberculosis.
2: Terrar's already slim physique had worsened. Weight loss and general loss of appetite are common symptoms of tuberculosis, also known as TB. TB is a serious
1: bacterial infection that affects the lymph nodes. While people usually associate the disease with horrible hacking coughs, Terrar appeared to be suffering from gastrointestinal tuberculosis.
2: Gastrointestinal TB is an infection of the organs in the abdominal region, like the stomach and intestines. Symptoms of gastrointestinal TB include rapid weight loss, anorexia, diarrhea, vomiting, and abdominal ulcers. TB is highly contagious. It spreads through the air and
1: infects the organs it comes in contact with gastrointestinal tuberculosis is caused from ingestion of infected bodily fluid like mucus or saliva. Given Tarar would eat anything, he could have eaten leftover food of an infected person or even an infected body.
2: Tarar's infection could also shed some light on where he was in the years spent away from Dr. Percy. He might have gone back to street performing and one of his fellow performers might have exposed him to the disease.
1: Terrar also could have gone to another hospital and became infected while trying to seek treatment for his hunger. Perhaps that is how he ended up at the hospital at Versailles.
2: Terrar stayed in the hospital with Dr. Percy and Dr. Tessier for one month before he succumbed to fetid diarrhea and died in 1798. He was only 26 years old.
1: Terrar's body decomposed quickly. It produced a stench so vile, the morgue doctors refused to dissect his body.
2: Dr. Tessier decided to brave the smell and dissect Terrar himself to see if he had actually swallowed a fork.
1: Terrar had claimed that the fork was made of gold. Perhaps Dr. Tessier was also trying to make a little extra cash on the side. Perhaps indeed. Tessier began his investigation at Terrar's mouth. He opened the jaws and found he could see straight down into Terrar's stomach, as if the man's esophagus was some kind of telescope. The windpipe was abnormally large in size compared to a regular man's.
2: Tessier then cut open Terrar's abdomen. The digestive tract took up almost all of the abdominal cavity, pushing his other organs against one of the walls of his body. The doctors were dumbfounded. None of them had ever seen anything like this before. His body was
1: filled with disgusting pus, and his liver and gallbladder were incredibly oversized.
2: The doctors cut open Terrar's stomach and confirmed that he had died of gastrointestinal tuberculosis. The large, oozing ulcers were a clear indicator that Tarar was infected with the deadly disease. By this point
1: in the examination, Terrar's cadaver was so putrid, Dr. Tessier could not continue the autopsy he was unable to find the fork.
2: With so much mystery surrounding the details of his life, we can never really know who Tarar was. All we know are the events provided by the doctor who examined him.
1: Because Dr. Percy is the only person to have written down any account of Tarar's life, Tarar's story feels more like a tall tale than a scientific study of an actual person. However, Dr. Percy had no reason to exaggerate a medical case like Tarar's.
2: Tarar likely did exist, but was ignored by other doctors. Extreme hunger to the point of cannibalism would have scared most doctors away. Tarar certainly appeared more mentally unstable than physically ill.
1: Centuries later, Tarar remains shrouded in mystery. Modern medicine can pose new theories as to why Tarar could not stop eating. But without more detailed records, Tarar’s condition is lost to time.
2: Next week, we'll compare Tarar's life to the life of Charles Domery, a Prussian soldier with an eerily similar condition. Could examining his case reveal the truth about Tarar?
1: We'll also take a closer look at exactly what disease may explain Tarar's excessive eating behaviors. If you're looking for more unexplained mysteries, you can find us, as well as all of ParCast's other podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, or your favorite podcast directory.
2: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and Twitter at Parcast Network many listeners ask how to help the show if you enjoy the show the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review see you next thursday and
1: remember never take we don't know for an answer
2: unexplained mysteries was created by max cutler is a production of cutler media and is part of the parcast network it's produced by max and ron cutler Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Unexplained Mysteries is written by Caitlin Brands and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.